Hey, what's up, guys? Bill Brower here with FMBA Nation. Today, I wanted to talk to you and tell you a little bit about Anchor. It is the podcast platform that we use here for FMBA Nation, and it is probably the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, there's tons of creation tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also help you with the distribution of your podcast so it can be heard on different types of platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make a podcast and more all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to www.anchor.fm to get started. This is Bill Brower with FMBA Nation. We're doing a remote podcast here uh, for the COVID-19 special. I got two very special guests that I'm honored to be joined with here and a pleasure speaking with. I've got Dr. Michael Bizarro and Dr. Julie Tropiano. They're both part of our NJFMBA uh, clinical team here for our, our mental uh, health and wellness team, as well as the critical incident stress management team. Uh, guys, thank you for joining me and uh, taking some time out of your day to talk about uh, what I think is a subject that's really important for us to discuss, and that is uh, the mental health aspect and the, the stresses that come along with this COVID-19 pandemic and everything else. So thanks for taking the time out of your day and uh, talking with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so um, let's, let's kind of get into it. So you know, we were talking briefly before we started here about some of the things that have been going on. And, uh, you know, this is obviously a, a very serious situation. Um, I feel like the news uh, part of this is really more um, surrounding us being in the epicenter of what it seems like in the United States, in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that we have personal connections to that are directly affected to this. We look at mm -hmm. one of our members up in Passaic, young guy, Israel Tolentino, 33 years old, passed away from complications due to COVID-19. Um, his father was uh, actually passed away the other night, we learned at the uh, FMBA oh. meeting, which is another mm -hmm. tragic story added to that. Um, you know, I'm sure that both of you have friends or family members that have been either directly affected by this or know someone that has been affected by it. So it's a very you know, serious situation. Um, we're here on the front lines as uh, firefighters and EMTs dealing with this on an everyday basis. And our families are also directly affected by this on a level that I don't think a lot of people understand. And maybe ourselves, we don't even understand it yet. Um, so give us, some, give us some of your insight um, as to what this whole situation means from a mental health perspective, from a stress uh, perspective and a wellness perspective as to some of the things that we can do to help ourselves, help our families, um, maybe some tips or some things that we can look at in terms of identifying some of these things and uh, recognizing them and, um, and, and how we can go about dealing with it on our, on our daily basis. Um, you know, I've, over the last couple of weeks, I've talked to several of the firefighters that have reached out to me. You know, I also participated in the, the SISM um, meeting that we had with the SAIC, uh last week. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what it really comes down to is the unknown. And although you guys rush into fires and you respond to calls and there's a lot of unknown to begin with and whatever is told to you by dispatch, 
this is a whole nother level of um, not knowing what's going to occur when you go in. Mm -hmm. That really is driving a lot of their fear. Um, I think what I'm hearing is a lot of different departments are doing different uh, protective measures. Mm -hmm. And I think that when they go in, um, you know, some have more PPE than others, and there's some, you know, uh, stress that goes with having protection and not protection. Um, but they go on these calls and they really don't know, and then they get in there and it's not at all what was told maybe on, on the dispatch. So that's really kind of elevating them to a whole nother level. Yeah. You know, Billy, the other, and, uh, the other thing that uh, I find to be really challenging, and I too have been speaking to many different firefighters and, uh, you know, with regard to the article that was published in the March edition of the bulletin, the fact that we're dealing with an invisible enemy and it's one thing to know that we're responding to a home where someone is tested positive. It's another thing to respond and not know what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we walk into a situation that the person's COVID positive, whether a person's asymptomatic, whether a person is symptomatic. So, you know, these are these are factors that are are very new and unknown to us. Mm -hmm. um, and then the challenge of coming home and having to deal with your family. And the fear of, uh, you know, if you were exposed um, and the challenge that you face when you have children at home, you have a spouse at home that, have, that may have a secondary uh, medical condition. So it, it, takes, it takes anxiety and fear to a totally different level than we're used to. And when you look at how it's impacted everyone's life, it's not only the medical aspect of your life, it's your employment. It's your financial security, as Dr. Tropiano pointed out in one of her, one of her uh, um, illustrations. Uh, there's so many unknowns here that are causing us to lose our footing on what was a sense of security before. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that. Um, we're looking for reassurance. I think one of the things that is critical is making sure that our firefighters and our EMS and EMT workers are provided with the appropriate PPEs and that they're protected so that they feel some sense of uh, safety in, in the fact that they have, you know, masks and gloves and gowns when appropriate, and, uh, whatever, they, whatever, they, whatever they need to fight this enemy mm -hmm. is reassuring for them. And I think underneath the uniform, we forget that we're dealing with a human being who, you know, is just like the rest of us. Right, not a superhero. Right. And I, I think because unfortunately, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, coworkers, family members get sick, some pass away. <clears throat> it really leaves us um, in, a, in a very unsure situation. And we just don't know what the outcome is gonna be. We can't control it. You go into a fire, you go into a call, a lot of times you have the ability to control what the outcome is going to be based on your training. But like Dr. Bizarro said, it's, it's a silent, um, you know, situation that's going on. We just don't know what we're always walking into or how to fix it. And you could be working with someone for days, everything's fine. And then you find out they've tested positive. Yeah. And then, then you also find out, well, they were sick three and four days before. They didn't mention it to anyone. They came to the firehouse, you know, um, and how, did, how does that play out within the firehouse? Or again, you know, maybe they have a spouse that also works in, you know, first responder, whether they're police or firefighter, medical, uh, the medical side of things, and, and they come home and, and they've been exposed to, to individuals that are sick. So it just, it heightens um, the anxiety because we just don't know. We went from, we had this mind, uh, switch, mindset switch of going from living to survival at this point. 
Yeah. Right now, we're not living. We really aren't. We're surviving. We're quarantined in our house. Our freedoms and our liberties that we value so much here being, you know, citizens of the United States has been taken away. Um, and it really has been taken away for our protection, but it's, it's difficult to look at that long term um, because we've been under quarantine for so long. And, and quite honestly, we don't know how much longer we're going to be under quarantine. You watch um, the news every day, you see Governor Murphy, then you see um, Governor Cuomo on, and they kind of say different things every day and they throw out like a little bit of piece of, well, you know, it could go a little bit longer into May. And then three days later, you get a different date. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're talking about June. So you can't even rely on some of the information we're hearing because it, it's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. so it just leaves us with this um, sense of, you know, from living to survival. Um, and it, it almost pre presents a sense of um, desperation and hopelessness. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what's interesting is, I mean, being a first responder, you know, going into the unknown has been part of our job, you know, as firefighters, as EMTs, we're always going into the unknown. We never know what we're getting ourselves into, you know, but what's, what's interesting about this is you add the aspect of a known out there of a serious virus that people are getting sick from that are dying from every day. And you also add in the stressors of this stripping of liberties, this quarantine situation where everybody is on edge because you can't go to the stores to get stuff because everything's gone. Right. You've got, you know, people uh, delivering packages, wearing gloves and masks on. Everyone's out wearing gloves and masks. It's something out of like a movie scene. Yes. And I think those, those uh, additional stressors added to our everyday jobs of going into the unknown and, and, and fighting something or combating something or dealing with, with something just elevates everything. And, um, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the, the coworker aspect of it when, you know, you're not right. Hey guys, Bill Brower here with FMBA Nation. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about ServPro of Central Union County and Western Essex County. These guys are a trusted leader in the restoration industry. They provide 24-hour residential commercial services with highly trained restoration technicians. They're a locally owned and operated business, and they're dedicated to being faster to any size disaster with the training, equipment, and expertise to handle your restoration and cleaning needs. Some of the things that they cover are water damage restoration, fire damage restoration, mold remediation, storm damage restoration, cleaning services, and building services, to name a few. These guys understand the stress and worry that comes with a fire or water damage and the disruption it causes to your life and home or business, and their goal is to help minimize the interruption to your life and quickly make it like it never even happened. Our friends over there, Carl Spinner and Bob Morrison. Carl has over 25 years of experience in the industry. Bob Morrison has over 35 years of service industry sales experience. So don't hesitate to give them a call. You can reach them at 908-233-7070. What other people could be doing when they're not in the firehouse? Sure, the firehouse, we have all the PPE that we need. We've had it from, the, from day one to be able to mm -hmm. deal with any type of communicable communicable disease, whether it be, you know, hepatitis C, HIV, tuberculosis, any other bloodborne pathogen, COVID-19, anything, right? But now you've got people that you don't know what they're doing on their days off. You don't know who they're being exposed to right. on their days off. And you, you know, it, it's, it's challenging to come back into the workforce 
uh, or your, your shift or whatever the case may be and, and knowingly go into it without knowing those things, right? So it, it, it's, it's an interesting situation. Well, you know, one, one of the things that I think is interesting too is I believe that fear is more contagious than this virus. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing for a firefighter. They would obviously much prefer fighting a fire. That's what you're trained for. You know, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like you're responding to a situation where there is no fire, although there is a fire, if you under, if you can relate to the metaphor, there's an invisible fire here that we're trying to fight. We don't know where it is. Sometimes it sneaks up behind us. Sometimes it's in front of us. Sometimes it's in our own home and we're unaware of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it presents many different challenges for all of us. And I mean, just look at the implications it's had on our children, our, our high school students who are looking to graduate, uh, homeschooling. I mean, it has changed every aspect of our life and has forced us to really take a step back mm-hmm. and, uh, and take a look at what's really important. And obviously taking care of ourselves and our family has become paramount. And you're right, you know, when you go to work, you don't know where your coworker was bit, has been. You, you only hope that they're taking the same precautions at home that you're taking at work. And when you're dealing with the, uh, you know, phone calls or dispatch calls that everyone is doing their part. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the major stressors are, I mean, you know, I turn the news on periodically um, and you look at the death count and just the idea that you're focusing on how many people are dying yeah. in and of itself can be extremely stressful. And so, you know, I think sometimes we need to take a step back and look at, you know, the upside to, there is an upside to this. There is a beginning and an end. It is going to flatten at some point, And we are going to return to some degree of normalcy. Unfortunately, as Dr. Tropiano said earlier, we don't know when that is. Some, some thoughts are it's going to be the end of May, early June. You know, my hope is that at some point, you know, before, you know, the summer hits, there's going to be some you know, incremental return to work and some normalcy, because I think it's important for all of us. Yeah. Well, I think um, one of the things that we've seen is our, the quarantine measures have been given over a series of time. And I think that we're not just going to wake up on, you know, Monday morning, whatever day that is, May 1st, and the governor's going to say, yep, we can go back to real life. I think it's going to be a gradual introduction to our normal living. you know, I'm, I'm, it's really a toss up about the kids going back to school. That creates a lot of stress. Yeah. Knowing if you're going back to work, if you're going to have a job to go back to work, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as your spouse is concerned. So I think, you know, you have to focus on what you can control and what you can't control in this whole pandemic. Okay. So what are some things that you can control? You can control your attitude. Um, you can follow this, the CDC guidelines and the recommendations. You can also follow whatever Governor Murphy's saying. I know, again, every single day he's kind of coming out with new things. First, the mall was closed, and the restaurants are closed. Then we can't leave our house, and, you know, after a certain time. Now, just the other day, he announced that when we're out in public, we have to have uh, masks on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do your part in, in following that. That's something you can control. You can control your own distancing. You know, I really don't like the word social distancing because it implies that we should not have any type of interaction with others. I really would prefer to use the word physical distancing because that's ultimately what's going to keep us safe. Right. Right. Socially, it's really important to keep those lines of communication open with all of our friends, family, loved ones. Um, 
So you have to focus on what you can control in this situation and you have to learn to let go of what you can't control. You cannot control the actions of others. You, know, you can spend all day long, you know, now that we're sitting home, I find myself too, like scrolling through Facebook, like aimlessly, mm -hmm. and, oh, you know, and you can really get on that train, uh, that thought of like, you see someone's gone out, they posted something and everyone's kind of beating each other up. Someone's gone out, you know, with their kids to a grocery store. You can't control what someone else is going to do. You can only control what you're going to do. And you also can't control the prediction of what's going to happen um, and when our freedoms and liberties will be restored. So it, it really is, is about focusing on controlling what you can control and letting go of what you can't. Right. And I also think it's really important. You know, when you look at anxiety, which is normal for all of us, it's when it starts to move into the neighborhood of catastrophizing, where the emotional, the emotional brain doesn't have any rational thought to it, okay? It is what it is. It just expresses itself the way it does. If you don't introduce the rational part of your brain, that executive functioning that is gonna help you re, you know, kind of almost reground yourself and put yourself in a better position where you can actually look at things from a rational perspective instead of an emotional perspective, you can then reduce the level of your anxiety and see things from a different perspective, a healthier one actually, where you can say, yes, I can control my attitude. I can control what I do and what I don't do. I'm not gonna be able to control what you do, what you say and how you say it, but I can sure as hell control how I respond to it. And yeah. that's really the important thing is how I respond to it. I have to be very careful not to time travel. You know, I often use that terminology a lot. Mm. Time travel means I try to keep my head and my feet in the same neighborhood. That's not an easy task because um, our mind usually wants to go either forward or backward. And it usually wants to dig up all the mistakes and fear from yesterday and the potential fear uh, projected in the future. Well, when you do that, how do you think it makes you feel today? It, it will cause immediate distress today. So it's kind of like going to the gym. The mind is very much like taking care of our physical self. If you don't take care of your mental self, it's kind of like, I use the metaphor, the mind is like a garden, okay? You know what it's like when weeds start to grow in your garden? Well, negative thinking kind of in my, in, it, it kind of resembles those negative thoughts, those weeds. And if you don't pull them out of your mind quickly, you, you can only imagine what that's going to be like to have a mind full of fear and negativity. So I think it's really important for all of us, you know, to kind of step back, take a look at what's really important and what we can control and not get caught up on, you know, the fear that a lot of the media <clears throat> projects. Because I don't know, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a political thing, but, you know, their agenda may be ratings and their agenda may be very different than what we're trying to do to help each other, which is mm -hmm. to, to uh, reassure ourselves that, you know, we're going to get through this, you know, um, we're resilient. And in the midst of this adversity, we're going to come out stronger than we were before. I honestly believe that. Yeah. You know what? I, I think it, you touch on something that's been a big challenge, you know, I think for a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, the whole power of social media, everyone now, and everyone has been their own news outlet, right, their own media outlet, whatever you see on your feeds, that, you know, catches your eye, you share it. And now you're, you're 
projecting more, whether it's real fake news, whether it's accurate, inaccurate, it's just, uh, it has the power to spread both good and bad, right? Cool. And I think especially um, in our line of work, you know, I think uh, first responders, firefighters, EMTs, police officers, dispatchers, um, we've been trained to deal with very stressful situations. Um, and sometimes, a lot of the times, you know, um, although we're trained to deal with those stressful situations, we're really not trained to deal with the effects that those stressful situations have on us when it comes to our own wellness and mental health well-being. And, you know, our families also get looped into this when it comes to the social media sharing and, and things like that. So I know for me personally, it's been a challenge um, and I'm sure other people can, can speak of the same, you know, when your significant other s says to you, you know, brings up something that they've found or they've seen from a friend or something like that. And either it has truth or it doesn't, but it might create some, um, you know, uh, disagreement or whatever the case may be where, as a trained professional, as a trained EMT first responder, we may have a little bit more insight or we may know a little bit more than what is being shared. So it's, it creates that, you know, dynamic and, you know, the home life aspect of this with kids being home and uh, the challenge, I, listen, I'm here first and foremost to tell you that I think every teacher deserves a raise. <laughs> I mean, after the yeah. past month of being home, trying to teach these kids and, and, and really keep them in a structured-ish uh, format during their day so that they still get the benefit of that educational format and structure and whatnot has been uh, difficult, to say the least. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you, um, I am currently repeating the eighth grade. <laughs> um, and I'm sort of repeating the 11th grade. Thank God my 11th grader doesn't need a lot of support, but my twins, the eighth grades, um, they need a lot of support. And it's been very stressful because I am working from home, mm -hmm. seeing patients, um, you know, telepsych through Zoom, DoxyMe, one of those platforms. And I'll be in my little home office all day trying to talk to patients and solve things. And then, you know, the kids don't understand, like, you can't just open the door and come in and ask me the wavelength of, you know, whatever sound and frequency and everything else. And they'll just come right in, middle of conversation, someone. And I actually found it funny the other day because I was on the phone with a patient. My one son walks in, asks a question. And I was, I was like, you got to get out of here. I don't know. And the patient answered the question. Oh, that's funny. For, for my son. Um, but, you know, it's very difficult because you're trying to work from home. If you, if you even have a job, if you haven't been furloughed, right. and then you're trying to be a teacher of whatever grade your child's in. And it, it's very challenging because you're trying to wear two hats at the same time. Uh, one of the biggest complaints I've heard from a lot of uh, families are the work that school's giving their, their um, children just seems to be astronomical in, in relationship to what they had prior previously gotten. So, um, you know, one of the things I've said to them is you can only do what you can do. If you can only get through half of the day's worth of work, you do it and you email the teacher and you tell them what's happening. You know, you shouldn't put the pressure and stress on yourself to get everything done. It's impossible to get all of this schoolwork done, the tests, the, you know, the papers that need to be written. You just have to let your child know you're going to support them. You're going to talk to the teacher, principal, whatever it is and help them get what they need to get done. And then if it means that you do some work a little bit later in the day with them, you know, they don't have to do their work nine to one all the time. 
you know, we have to be very flexible in what's happening and, and we have to be resilient in how we solve our, our issues, whether it's doing homework with them now or at seven o'clock at night or four in the afternoon. It has to be plugged in between you trying to maintain your, your professional life and your personal life. And your sanity. Yeah, and this, yeah. Is a, this is a tremendous opportunity for families to reconnect. Um, yes. You know, one of the things that I think is really important is being grateful. And I think, you know, these are times when, you know, you really kind of take a step back and think about the things that, you know, you talk about the things that you can't do anymore right now temporarily. And it's, we've taken so much maybe for granted, some of us, but I think it's really important sometimes to just take a step back and, and do a mental gratitude list on what am I grateful for today? Um, and it's, uh, you'd be surprised how much that can influence your attitude on things. Because if you focus on what's good, you're going to have a really good day. If you focus on what's not good, you're not going to have a good day. So a lot of it is your perspective on where you decide to put your energy. And uh, yeah, there are very, there are a lot of challenges we're all facing. The minute we walk in our door, school, like, Ju like Julie's alluding to, you know, my son is a senior. And uh, what, what I thought was interesting is that um, yesterday at two o'clock, he was on spring break. Spring break started. Well, what have we been on? You know, I feel like we've been on. Even though they're doing schoolwork every day, whatever time they're doing it, it's yeah. like you've been, you've been on a break. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, between Xbox and TV and, you know, my wife is cooking like it's the last supper. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, these are challenging oh, times for all of us. You have to really kind of take a step back. You can't forget that you have to take care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, One of the things that's, that's coming up in our house is what we're going to have. And we've never had more meals together you know, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. And then they get into these big fights about who's, who's going to pick. And, you know, you've tried picking like, all right, this kid picks on this day. I pick tomorrow. The other one picks on the next day. And it still ends up being an argument. So one of the things that we that I've done in the house is um, to keep them active. Is I, I've had them engage in these little competitions. Like we'll go outside and I'll have them play horse for basketball, and whoever wins gets to choose dinner that night. Um, yeah. Or whoever walks the most, because we have these little pedometers on our phone, um, you know, gets to choose dinner for the night. So it keeps them engaged in some, uh, you know, self care that they need to uh, right. participate in. And then also makes it fun being at home. Yeah. I mean, I, I could tell you, my little guy, uh, this, this is, we had a milestone. Uh, my four-year-old learned how to ride I his bike without training riding, wheels. Right? Yeah. So we've been, you yeah. know, we've been trying to stay active as a family and, and go on family walks and family bike rides and, you know, take the dog out and, and everything else. And, and all that is, is really, you know, really good stuff because, you know, like you said, Dr. B, this, this is a, you know, a time where we can really take advantage of reconnecting with the family and, you know, I'm, I'm victim, not, I don't want to say I'm victim of, I am guilty of, you know, myself, just like a lot of others that are in our profession, working multiple jobs to, you know, make sure that we're keeping food on the table, bills are getting paid, this and that other thing. And now, you know, it, it is a, it is still very busy. I mean, I'm still working a lot of hours, still putting in overtime, everything else. But uh, when I am home, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole different story because now we're all home together again. There's no school. Um, you know, and it's another time to, to reconnect. And, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see some of the stuff going on. You're right. And, and it's very challenging to yeah. be home as, as 
as often as we are right now because this is new for a lot of people to spend this kind of time with their families. So it's going to be really, really challenging. And, you know, you really kind of like have an opportunity to step back and really take a look at what your level of participation has been in your family life. Mm -hmm. And, and I think for many of us, myself included, you know, we sacrifice so much because we're providers and we're workers mm -hmm. and we're not home as much. And I really, have had a newfound appreciation for you know my wife and my son for what they do when i'm not at home and so trying to reconnect for me has been really challenging too because it's like it's kind of like you know i've been away and all of a sudden i'm coming home and i'm trying to figure out where i fit in this puzzle of family life again <laughs> and i think that that that's something that we all struggle with especially you know those of us that are out there working and doing what we do yeah you know, I, I think one thing we haven't really touched on, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, is the economic impact of this, right? I mean, that's a whole nother layer of additional stress, especially if, you know, your significant other, your wife, your husband, uh, whoever is at home that, with, that normally wouldn't be home because they're usually at an office or whatever the case may be. Either they still have a job, maybe they don't have a job, they're claiming unemployment. Um, they don't know if they're going to have a job when this the whole thing is over because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of small businesses and everything else that are going to be cutting back and saving money. So it's, you know, that's a whole other aspect of this. And I'm fortunate enough, and I know a lot of our members are fortunate enough that, you know, we have really good job security. When, when this stuff hits the fan, you know, we're still at work because we're dealing with it and we're dealing with our own side of it. But we're lucky enough to still have that job and, and be able to pay the bills and, some of us are lucky enough to get overtime, you know, where we're getting additional income and we're, you know, still putting ourselves at risk, you know, more risk than others. But, um, you know, that whole gratitude list you're talking about, things I'm grateful for, you know, that right there falls into that category. So, you know, the economic strain of things and, and, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of that that goes into this quarantine and stare crazy and, and all these other stressors that are coming in, into this, um, I think is another significant uh, you know, uh, impact that we have to manage and deal with. Well, you know, you raise a really um, important point, which is, you know, financial insecurity. There's so much unknown to um, many people's financial life at this particular point in time. I think the only, the only uh, thing that you can really hold on to is that um, for many, we're all in the same boat. There are a lot of people that are that are dealing with the same situation, um, where their income has been either cut or there is no income. And I know that you know they're trying to do whatever they can to make sure that some people have some kind of income coming in. But you're right, Billy. Uh, it's very challenging, and I'm extremely grateful that I have the ability to do what I do, whether it's remotely or on site or whatever the case is. But that's a real fear that people are facing. Um, I do think that, um, you know, there's going to be relief for us in some capacity. You know, they've signed a lot of executive orders in New Jersey, um, you know, increasing unemployment uh, benefits. Um, you know, there's been uh, a postponement on student loans. Um, you know, banks are having a grace period on mortgages and things like that. And I think that, you know, Everybody who runs and owns a business knows these are unprecedented times. No one has ever experienced like this in, in any of our lifetimes. So I think we're going to have to come up with creative ways to manage, you know, our, our future life, whether it be, you know, the mortgage company might say, we want our money at the end of 90 days. That's not, that's not possible. What happens? You've got this 
a housing market crash that could occur, everything else. So we don't know that at the end of the day, they might end up just taking those payments and putting them at the end of the loan or, you know, just kind of ignoring it for right now. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities that can come up. And I, I think that a lot of agencies will work with families. So I know there's worry to be had for sure, but I think there's going to be very positive outcomes of this long term because everyone understands we're all doing the best that we can. And the truth is that we're all facing the same financial dilemma. Yeah. So I think you're, I think, you know, Dr. Tropiano's right. You know, the grace period with mortgages and um, health insurance, and everything else that's going to be put in play. This is kind of like absolutely unprecedented, unprecedented, mm -hmm. where we're going to need as much support and understanding as possible. How can you expect someone after 90 days to, who's been out of work to pay their mortgage or, you know, to pay their credit card bills when they've had no income coming in for the last three months or have lost their job or they're waiting for unemployment or they're waiting for whatever relief they're waiting for is it, is it has not shown up in the mail or whatever the case is. Um, so I think that, you know, we are facing very challenging times. And I think that there is going to be some level of understanding um, in this country that's going to afford us an opportunity to kind of rebound. Yeah. You know, what, <clears throat> kind of jumping around here a little bit, but one other thing I was thinking about was um, going back to kind of the home, home life and everything is the stress that this has on our kids, right? That we might not even think about as adults, right? Here we are, we're sitting, we're thinking about how this is affecting us and how it's affecting, you know, our work life and how it's affecting our home life and maybe our relationships and everything else. But uh, for kids, this has got to be stressful too. I mean, this is something they've never dealt with. We've never had quarantines before or anything like this. They've never shut school down for as long as they have. And these kids are put into situations where, yeah, it might be great because they're home. They got their Xbox, they got their TV, they got their books. But the whole fact of the matter is it's a whole new routine change and everything else um, that they're still trying to learn. Um, and they're still trying to do other things, but it's got to be stressful on some of these kids as well. Um, you know, it, it, I would agree. It's very stressful. I know in, in my own house, you know, my one, my one son called me one morning and I'm in my office and he calls me and he says, I missed the school bus. I'm not going to school. <laughs> and I, he said, Can I call? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he doesn't want to go to school that day. Then he says to me the next day, you know, he just, he doesn't want to go to school. He wants to call out sick. I said, there's no calling out sick from homeschooling. None. You know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of the kids don't really know what to do. The first couple of days were really exciting. It was fun. But now it's getting old for them. They want to go back to their life. They want to see their friends. And even though they spend a considerable amount of time Snapchatting or FaceTiming with friends or something like that, you know, they're just, they're not getting that connection. So it's not uncommon to start to see children decline a little bit emotionally. They, too, are affected by this. You know, um, you could start to see an increase in anger and outbursts, in just defiance of doing things, a lot more questioning of what's going on in, in the home, um, just their environment surrounding them. So I, I think it's important when you're talking to your children, you have to use age-appropriate language with them, and you can't um, catastrophize things that are going on. You need to be truthful and forthcoming, but you don't want to give them so much information that it just sends them into a whole nother realm of worry and anxiety that you can't get them back from. Um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for kids to have issues and then be very resilient and, and come back from it. Um, I think 
when we talk about having our children manage things, this is actually a perfect opportunity for them to learn that things don't always go their way in life. Yeah. Things I see in my practice is kids will come in and, you know, parents will say, oh, you know, they're, they're not handling this well, you know, something happened at school and they're anxious and they can't get their work done. Um, I think over time, our society has done so much for our kids. Everyone gets a turn, everyone gets a fair shake, everyone get, makes the team, everyone gets a medal. And it's put our children in an unprecedented position right now because they're not getting their way, right? We can't solve that problem. A lot of parents solve their children's problems. So now you have kids that are really starting to kind of go down the tubes a little bit from a mental health standpoint, because they have no ability to manage and cope. But this is actually an excellent opportunity to help them understand life is not always going to be the way you plan. Life is not always fair. And we have to figure out ways to manage and, and come back from it and, and find happiness. So, you know, I think it's, it's a good opportunity for um, kids to understand things don't happen the way they want. And even though it might trigger a lot of feelings of um, anxiety, despair, hopelessness, we can come back from that from what they can control and what they can't control. Yeah. So we as parents, we as parents have a responsibility to provide stability and reassurance. And we do the best we can and absolutely can't give them too much information because um, too much information can cause too much, can cause additional distress. So I think it's important that we provide them with um, information as accurate as possible, but not too much information. And the reassurance piece is really important. You know, we're all powerless to some degree in what's going on. We have only can control what we can control. I think that's where we, that's the piece that puts us back into control is manage what you can and what you cannot control. Don't spend your energy trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, um, I want to, I want to kind of touch on something right now. And, and I know I, I said it before, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but thoughts are just coming in my head. We didn't really talk about um, recognizing, you know, uh, we talk every day about the stressors and, and the things that we're dealing with um, as a first responder. And sometimes we're not able to recognize some of the things that um, are affecting us and, and how they're affecting us. And can you guys touch on that a little bit? Maybe how we can improve our skills in terms of recognizing maybe the, the stresses of this situation and, and other situations, but how do we identify, you know, the, that, uh, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit more upset than we normally get, or maybe things are bothering us a little bit more than, than usual. And, and, uh, you know, we're, our triggers are kind of hitting us on, on different levels. Can you guys touch on uh, the recognition of these stressors and everything like that? Well, I think that one of the things that we need to learn how to do um, is take our emotional temperature. We're really uh, good at, you know, taking care of, we're uh, taking our physical temperature to see how we're doing physically, but emotionally, we need to be able to take our emotional temperature. What I mean by that is we need to be able to take an opportunity to step back and ask ourselves, what's going on with me? How am I feeling? What's upsetting me? Now, that's something that's not very easy for us to do, especially first responders, because you're so used to taking care of everybody else, that when the time comes for you to take care of yourself, sometimes we're not really sure how to do that. So am I sleeping enough? Um, am I interacting with my coworkers or friends? Am I spending time spiritually taking care of myself? Um, 
is my, am I looking at my anger and my attitude? Am I irritable? How am I interacting with my significant other and my children? How is my response to my coworkers? Am I dealing with fear? Am I, am I not sharing certain things that are going on with me because I'm concerned with my coworker may think if I let them know that I'm afraid or that, you know, that last call really upset me and I'm not really sure how to handle it. We've kept so many things a secret that all of a sudden now we're asking you to kind of disclose certain things that you held very dear to yourself before. So I think it's important to start putting a voice to those things that we didn't talk about before. Um, and I'm sure Dr. Tropiano can add to this list as well. Well, you know, I think um, when you talk about emotional temperature, it's not easy to be mindful of the deficits we have. So it's, it's really important to sort of figure out, are we yelling more in the house? Are we sleeping more? Are we disengaging more? I mean, at this time, you know, when we're all crammed into a house, not everyone lives in a huge house that they can kind of go to their own separate places. Sometimes we're in very small quarters and we're on top of each other. So, you know, it's, it's important to, to keep that in mind and just say, like, is the volume in the house more? I mean, is everyone kind of like yelling? Are there the kids seem more short, is your wife more, you know, upset about things, your husband may be more reactive to things that you're saying. Um, I think that when you start talking about recognizing some of these things, it comes down to, are you, are you engaging in things that are outside of your normal parameters? And truly the answer is yes right now, because we're living under different terms, but you need to try to hold fast to your routine as much as possible. You need to get up, you need to shower, you need to brush your teeth, take care of yourself, do your hair, your makeup, have a routine in the morning. Um, and if you notice that you're not doing those things, I mean, you know, you joke, are you in your day pajamas or in your night? Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's really important to kind of keep living the life that you had prior to this quarantine. At some day, we're going to be let out again. And we want to be able to go right back into that transition as seamlessly as possible. So it's really important to continue doing all the same things as much as possible that you can in, in the day that you have, even though you're on quarantine. Absolutely. Is there, um, I mean, is there anything else that you guys want to add to this conversation? I think uh, we're going to start wrapping things up a little bit with uh, time limit, but um, is there anything else that you two wanted to add to this that our members, our listeners can uh, maybe take home and, and digest a little bit further? Well, I think what's important for the membership is to know that Dr. Tropiano and myself, um, along with other members of our peer team, are available uh, to the membership uh, to help them kind of, you know, reground themselves or reassure them that, you know, what they're dealing with and how they're dealing with it, um, we're there to support them. And uh, I just wanted to say that I have a tremendous amount of respect and gratitude for um for the firefighters, uh, emergency response workers that are, you know, putting them their own safety on the line, taking care of others. Uh, and I just, I'm, I'm very privileged and honored to be part of this team. As am I, like Dr. Rosara said, we're available. You can call us, you can send us an email. Um, you know, I, I can say for one, I pretty much answer the phone almost 24 hours a day. Um, texting is somewhat easier, but we are here for not only yourself, but if your spouse wants to talk a little bit, or you know they need help with how to managing the kids at home and some of their anxieties and, and mental health issues, we're definitely here and available. Whether you speak to us or we send you to someone else for additional help, but we're here 
for the membership. Yeah, that's a great message. I think uh, I think our members need to remember that we have people and professionals like yourselves that are part of our team that are here to help, that are uh, you know willing, able, and you know that's that's what you want to do. I mean, um, it's important for our men and women to set aside their stigmas and, and everything else, and and realize that this is you know a serious situation for everybody. But it's okay to talk to somebody if you're having trouble dealing with it or your spouse is having, you know, trouble dealing with it, struggling with it. And, uh, you know, it's great for us as an organization to have people like you, uh, Dr. B and you, Dr. Julie, uh, at our disposal to be able to use as a resource and, uh, and help our people through. So we truly appreciate what it is that you guys do for us and uh, can't thank you guys enough. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks again for uh, taking the time out of your day to spend here and talk to me. Uh, I really hope that our members uh, can listen to this and get this message and it helps somebody. I mean, that's at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to help somebody. Um, so I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day and I uh, hope you guys stay healthy and stay well yourselves and uh, be safe out there. You too. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another great episode of FMBA Nation, and stay tuned for some more great content to come. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also listen on the NJ FMBA YouTube channel, as well as Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and the Google Play Store. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the FMBA Nation podcast, please email us at nation at njfmba.org.